Hi, and thanks so much for listening to Pivotal Moment. I'm your host, Nikita Faustin. Here on Pivotal Moment, we talk to people in music, news, and entertainment, and we ask them about the moment that changed it all, the moment that took them from where they were to where they wanted to be. And today, I'm so happy to have our guest, Major Wright, former NFL player. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the third round of the NFL draft in 2010. He led the Bears and helped lead them to the division championship in his very first year. He played in Chicago for four years before going to Tampa Bay, where he rejoined former coach Lovey Smith. On the field, Major is known for his speed, his strength, and the power behind his hit. There was a very famous hit in the 2009 BCS championship where Major destroyed his opponent. It helped lead the Gators to their championship win over Oklahoma. Today, in this episode of Pivotal Moment, Major tells us what happened when he was seven years old that changed it all that led to a career in the NFL eventually. Now, Major is a member of the American Flag Football League, where he and other NFL players like Michael Vick, Chad Ochocinco, Vince Young, they continue to dominate on the field. If you saw the AFFL playoffs and championship on the NFL Network this summer, with a million to the winning team, then you saw competition at its best. Welcome, Major Wright. So before we get into Major's pivotal moment, I have to say happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> happy 30th. Do you feel any different? Yeah, I feel no different. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm a little more wiser. A little more wiser. I like your yeah, tweet, Major. Yeah. You said in your tweet uh, a few days before your birthday, I'm waking up every day like, how the hell can I be great? Yes. How are you doing yes. that? I try to live by that model each and every day, like to try to better myself, to do something better each and every day. Touch somebody, just do something positive every day. Like, I think that helps me um, and gets me going each and every day throughout life. I think that's just something people should start looking into because I think that that goes a long way with how your day goes. Um, if I can wake up each and every day, like I'm going to be positive. I'm going to uh, affect somebody's life today. You know, even if that's just having a conversation with somebody and, you know, and that's just making a day. And that makes a difference because you, you never know what people are going through. You never know what people go through in life. And um, I think that's key. Yeah, I agree 100 percent, 100 percent. So you've had so many successes both on and off the field. And before I get to the pivotal moment, I want to ask you just a little bit more about football. OK, so with the American Flag Football League that you are participating in this summer, I saw some of your dance moves on the field, by the way. I just want to say that. Yeah, I like I like to, I like to enjoy myself. I like to have fun while I'm working. So yes. it's not called work, you know. It's just right. me just out there having fun. It seems like your teammates kind of look to you not only for leadership but also for inspiration and guidance. Is that right? It is. It is. That goes a long way. You know, with me dancing, me being, I kind of speak through my dance moves. And you know, with my daughter growing up as well, she's a pretty good dancer as well. It's a trait that just go down. <laughs> Your daughter's already a good dancer. I love that. Yeah, she's seven years old, and she, she you know, she want to battle me in dancing <laughs> each and every day. Like, yeah, she gets it on. So I know she's gonna have that in her. But with me being on the field, I, I just feel like I do everything to help my teammates out. So even if I gotta be the only one on the field with the most energy to try to get everybody pumped up, 
I'm gonna be that, you know, because right. I'm all for my team. And it shows, and it shows. And can you just explain for us a little bit about the difference in the style of play between the AFFL and between the NFL in terms of the number of folks on the field and how scores and points are accumulated? Can you just walk us through that a little bit? It's totally different. Like, it's nothing like playing in the NFL, playing against the best talent, playing against, you know, the top talent, not the best, the top at their position. And, um, like, things are much faster in the NFL. And as you know, you know, flag is no contact, pull a flag. But that's very hard as well. You know, to go from tackling somebody to pulling flag is so hard. It's kind of hard to flip that switch, you know, because yeah. when certain situations come, my mentality on the field is to always chill. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of crazy, but it's like, my mentality on the field is to chill. If you ain't on my team, I got to hurt you, you know, and that's just my mentality on the field. And that's how, and that's why I play the way I play because I feel like they after me. So I'd rather get them before they get me. No, and I remember you tweeted that out, I believe, Major, and you said this. You said, before every football play, I think to myself, kill or be killed. You said it was no way in the hell I was going to be the one getting killed, so I did the killing. You said program your mind to think the same way on or off the field and watch how you take less L's. That was you. Yeah, yes. And you still operate that way. Yes, and you can use that in your day-to-day life, you know, as you got a nine-to-five job, you know, you can use that. Doing whatever, whatever you're doing, like you can use that in each and every day-to-day life, the things that we do each and every day. And some of the things that you mentioned about the AFFL style being different from the NFL and kind of adjusting your play style to adapt to a different style of game, I read where it is sometimes difficult because even though you guys are the professionals, some of those who've been playing amateur or been playing flag football for many years are much more adapted to pulling the flag, to positioning their bodies where they're not getting theirs tagged or pulled. So do you find that adjustment to still be somewhat of a curve or have you already gotten over that? Oh, for sure. Like us being professionals just in the game of football, but we have guys that's playing in flag football is like they are vets at what they do. Right. They really know what they're doing. Yes. So it's tough for us to go out there and be like, you know, we so like, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. But when it comes to reality, like some of those guys are, you know, better than us at some of that stuff because they've been doing it so long. Yeah. That's what they do. Like some people have been doing that all their life. And some guys like I play with that I've seen playing they are really, really good. And it really shocked me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Wait, Major, and, you weren't ready for that? You know, they was better than me at, no. at that position, you know? <laughs> so I wanted to just talk again about how the dynamic is between the professional folks that are out there on the field and some of the amateur players, even though they're veterans in their realm, how that dynamic works and the intimidation factor, if any. Because you have Olympians like Michael Johnson out there. You got former NBA players like Nate Robinson and Carlos Boozer. You got yourself and Michael Vick and all these other folks. What is that like and how are you able to maintain your edge? Well, with me, it's like I'm not scared of anybody or any challenge. Um, I know what it takes to prepare and to be ready. And I've been doing that all my life, you know. So it's never a, a challenge that I'm a back down from or that I'm not going to be ready for. 
because I know what it takes, you know, with my preparation, with me working out and me studying, I know what it takes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've been really just working on that all my whole entire life. And so let me ask you this also about your play on the field and how that is or how the perspective of playing in this league is different in terms of like the technology aspect. So you got the sky cam and the steady cams and everybody's mic'd. And so you feel as a viewer that you're like in the huddle with the players and on the field. Does that impact how you play? No, no, okay. no. I mean, some people might look at that if they're not used to, you know, mics and cameras and stuff, but that's just like a regular old thing, you know, um, for me. It's, it's, I love it's it. like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like a regular thing for me. Having the mics out there, having the cameras out there. You're used I to mean, that. Yeah, I'm just going to be me and continue to be me. Dance, laugh, bring mm-hmm. joy around the, the team, and, you know, and just do what I'm supposed to do. So if I'm supposed to be in the middle of the field, I'm going to be in the middle of the field. That's one thing the coaches ain't never have to worry about, you know, me not doing my job. Right, right. And talking about your job, what about the passion that you bring to it? Is that different now than it was before, or is it growing as you continue to play? I don't think it's growing. I think it's just there. I don't think that's ever going to leave. That's just me. And when you were playing and with that intensity that you talk about for the Bears and for the Bucks, was there a difference in those teams in terms of the leadership on the field that led to how the performance was during those years. Yeah, yeah. It was a big difference. Can you talk about and we that? we had guys like, yes, we had guys like Brian Erlacher, Julius Pepp, Blair's Briggs, Charles Peanut. Like, those guys on defense, they've been playing the game so long. And with me coming in, being a rookie, you know, my second year, my third year, whatever, I never wanted to let those guys down. And if I did, it hurt me ten times worse because I know what those guys do. Like, I know how they prepare. I know, like, me watching it, it, it just hurts me a little more. But that was my main thing. Like, those guys, I did not want to let down. So it brought my play up a whole nother level. Those guys, like, they know how to gravitate to players. They know how to make, they know how to get the best out of every player. And that's why, like, those guys, like, man, I would love for the rest of my life. We created a bond that's never going to be broken. Like, I can call Brian Erlacher right now. He's going to pick up, and we're going to pick up right where we left off at, laughing, joking, and playing around. Like, it's just so much behind that team that just instilled a lot in me wow. um, in life, just period, man. Just hanging around those guys. Those are some great guys. But, you know, at Tampa, you know, our team was a lot younger as well. Okay. Um, It was way younger, you know. But we still had some great guys on that team. But it's just hard to compare Chicago to Tampa because of the leadership. We had Brian Erlacher. We had, you know, those guys made that team. Is the leadership on the field just as important as the leadership from the head coach? Yes. Yes, it is. You have to have your players, those guys, take the team over. I mean, you have the head coach, and he does his job as a head coach, but you have to have a player in the locker room that knows each and every player, that knows everybody in the, in the facility and can control every situation. And that guy for us was Brian Erlacher in Chicago. Brian Erlacher was 
so important to that team, important to that franchise. Yes. It's just unbelievable. Like, like really, like me saying it, like it's me hearing it now is like, dang, like he really was like, you know, yeah. that guy because if you look back at all the stuff, you know, all all our championships, everything, or all our, you know, yeah, us making it to the, the champion, not the championship, but, but the, the division, the, the conference final, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah, and it just was like, wow, man, this one guy, fifty four, like yes. brings everybody together. That's amazing. That Every, is amazing. Everybody together. Yes, yes, yeah. Because if you can't play, yes. it's almost like, and I've heard this, and you tell me if it's true. Even if you have the best players on the field, if they're not working as a team and viewing themselves as a team, they can't win. You will never win. You can be the the greatest athlete in this world. And if you're on the team and you're just that great athlete, that don't mean nothing. You have to have a team in order to win. People don't understand that. Like, it's very difficult to build a team. It's very difficult to do that. Like, you might have great players, you know, a couple pieces here and there, but I'd rather take a, a team, a funnel sound team over just a few great players. Yeah, that's a difference maker. So I'm so engrossed in our conversation. I haven't even asked you the main question. (laughs) So let me ask you this, Major, because, you know, you have had a lot of successes and you still are. Is there or are you able to single out one or maybe even a couple that really did kind of serve as the defining moment or the changing point that kind of changed things for you from where you were to where you wanted to be? Yes, I have a few of those. I'm going to start off with my very first one. That was Lily and I was seven years old. I never played a down of football until I got to a lot of the I mean a Western Park. It's a it's a park called West. Okay. And I'm seven years old. I'm out there my first time ever playing football, you know, well organized football. We used to always play street football, you know, murder ball, whatever, you know, just playing catch up in the street. Sure. So my first year ever playing I wasn't good. I wore number 76. I didn't start. I played offensive linemen, and it just was horrible. Like, my mama used to come to the games and be like, son, did you ever get in? I was like, yeah, ma. I was like, yeah, ma, I did get in. You ain't seen? Like, you know, something wrong with your <laughs> That's, like, how sorry I was. So we used to do, like, tackling drills. Okay. And I just never got it. So one day I went up I went up with, like, you know, one of the hardest hitters on the team. And not knowing that, you know, he was the hardest hitter on the team. So, you know, I just got up there and just and went. I ran the ball. He hit me so hard. Ooh. He hit me so hard. It, like, shook everything in my body. I had a headache. I had a headache. I wasn't feeling right after that. And ever since that day, I told myself I would never be hit like that ever again. Oh. I prefer to hit somebody like that than be hit. And is that where you came or where that moment we talked about, the killing or be killed came from? Got it. Yes. That's exactly where it comes from. So from that time, I ended up switching um, parts. I went to a lot of their lakes parts, right? That's a whole totally different part. They put me at running back and linebacker. And at this time, Major, you're still just seven years old? I'm eight now. You're eight now. Okay. Next year. Next year. Eight now. So from that point, I promise to you, like, 
when I played at 75 at lot of that lake, I took that team all the way to the Super Bowl, and we played that same team that I had started out first with. Yes. We played that same team in the Super Bowl, and I ended, and we ended up winning. Wow. In that game. Wow. Yep. Yep. Did you demolish your opponents in that game like you did in the BCS championship? I never got to hit the guy that <laughs> me up. But that's one thing I wish I could have caught. I wish I could have caught him because mm. um, he got me. Yeah. yeah, he got me. I'm still looking for him. <laughs> if you're listening, Major Wright is looking for the person who got yeah. him when he was seven years old. Oh, We're man, calling man, you out that, right that now. Kinda, that kind of turned my mind to like, man, Major, you got to kill. Yeah. Kill. Kill. Like, Cause you don't already got killed. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't hurt me. Like you don't hurt me. <laughs> I was so scared after that. I never wanted to be hit like that ever wow. again. And this man, like, really, like. But I thank him. I thank him because he made the switch turn on at seven. At seven years old. Seven years old. He made my switch flip. And that's an amazing pivotal moment, Major, because you went on to become an NFL player, and you brought that mentality of kill or be killed, destroy or be destroyed to the field and yep. to your whole game. So you do have to thank him. So shout out to him, right? Yeah, yeah. If I see him, I'm going to ask him, hey, can you go put on some pads, please, so we can get this out of the way? We, hey, it, it's, been, it's been long. It's we been got some unfinished up, business. Some unfinished yeah, business. Yeah, I go buy his pads and my pads, so we can go ahead up. We're ready to go. I, I owe him. All right, yeah, all right. But I, no, I, I really do thank him because that, that kind of made my mentality just be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still bring a lot of joy to it, as you mentioned earlier. When you're dancing on the field, when you get a touchdown, you know, you still have that aspect to your game, which makes it wonderful for everybody around you, wonderful for the fans to see. So what other pivotal moment do you have that has really shifted your mentality or your play, your career? Well, I don't, I don't think like it shifted much. Well, you know what? I would say in practice, when I hit Chris Rainey in practice, mm. and I, I ended up making Urban Myers call up practice. So we still probably had like a good 20, 30 minutes left in practice. Wow. And when I hit Chris Rainey, it was no more practice. Like the whole team <laughs> came, the whole team came on the field. Wow. And we just like, we danced, everybody like, you know, mm-hmm. rah, rah. Like it was really big. And that's something that, are you able to ever tone that down or is the only switch you have full throttle? Yeah, I don't know how to <laughs> play around and no. Okay. No, I don't know how to just play around and be like, yeah, I'm going to tap you. No, nah, it, it's either <laughs> you're going to get hit or I ain't going to touch you at all. Okay, get out the way or get knocked down. Yes. So now I see that you do do a lot of talking and coaching and mentoring with younger players and younger people. What advice, really, do you give to folks who want to make it to the NFL or want to play in college for the Gators or some other great team? How do you tell them and counsel them what they should be doing now in terms of perfecting their game or even their mindset? I would say, like, I literally just got through talking to these this little youth group, and a lot of the kids was undisciplined and mm-hmm. not coachable. I think that kind of put me over the top over a lot of the players because I was very disciplined and I was very coachable. I listened to everything my coach told me, everything. And I might have been upset about it, but I guarantee you I did it. And that was very key for me. I want to say I was the best athlete, but when it came to major, run 10 yards and stop, major going to run 10 yards and stop. Yes. I had guys like I was playing with 
that was so much better than me. Like, it just came natural to them, but they wasn't disciplined. And I think that is so key to these kids now these days because kids now these days feel like I, they already made it. They you have know, a sense of entitlement. Like everything yeah. is just hammy, hammy, hammy when, no, that ain't even close. Like, right. if you can't be disciplined, the coach is not going to put you on the field. That's a really good point, being coachable, being able to be molded and listen to direction. You have to, because if you don't, you're not going to play. Yes. You're not going to play. You you would never see the field, never see the field. And does that factor into, that's such a good point, you'll never see the field. Was this something you were talking to the South Florida Express kids about? Because I think I saw something in the news about that. Yeah, no, no, nah, nah, I, didn't, I didn't. Oh, you know what? I think I did. I think I did. I think I did. I think I talked to them. Yep. Yes, I did. Okay. Yep. Okay. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So do you foresee that as being something that you'd want to continue to do? And what's been the yes, response I'm, from the I'm, kids? I'm really looking more into it and like doing motivation speaking, just motivating kids to do right, you know, and, and just start listening. And not even just to coaches, to their parents, because that's key as well. Because if you're not going to listen to your parents, like, how are you going to be able to go to the park and be able to play? Absolutely. You know, everything is like a trickle down. So it's like, if I can't listen to my parents, I ain't going to be able to listen to my coach. Good point. The person that raised me. It starts at home. Absolutely. In talking about kids and coaching them and training them, you posted something about, which I thought was so cute, you talked about your daughter earlier, and you said about your daughter, I got your back, your front, and your side. Let's take over this world, my queen. So how has being a father changed you? It's changed me so much. Like now, I'm a lot closer to my daughter than I was a few years ago. Like now, we, we are like, I don't go a day now without talking to my daughter. Mm. If I go a day without talking to my daughter, things get out of whack and I kind of be upset because I I haven't talked to her. So now it's making me grow as a father, as a son. Like I look at things so different now because of my daughter. I love my little girl to death. Like, mm -hmm. And it took for me to grow up to have this relationship with my daughter. Yeah. Well, it definitely yep, shows so she's beautiful. And uh, it sounds like it really does make a difference in how you approach life in general. Yep. And it does. It does. It took so long for me to get to thinking how I think now. And with me being in the league, I wasn't thinking like that. Okay. I wasn't thinking like that. Like, it wasn't how I think now. Yeah. It's a process. It's At a journey. All. Yes. It's a big journey. But you know what? Like, I'm glad I caught it early. As soon as I got out of the league, then letting it just go on, go on, go on. And, and I never catch it. Right, right. And you still are so yeah. very young. You have your whole life to apply and your whole life to parent her. And so that's only going to be greater. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I'm going to be by her side and I'm going to help her see things so different and bring so much joy to other people's life as well. And you said she's already ready to outdance you, Major. So you got to be oh, ready. Oh, man. Like, my little girl <laughs> is like really like the spitting image of me. Like, she really want to dance. Whatever we do, she feel like she's the best at. And that's where it started. at. Yeah. She's got the heart it of a champion. Start there. Yeah. Yep. So, don't want to lose. Don't want to lose. I wonder where she got that from, Major. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't lose. You can't. I can't lose. Can't. I can't. She, she can't see me lose. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you said one more thing, and I know you've got a lot going on. I'm going to close it out here. But you said 
you're never focused on they, you're always focused on you. And actually the quote was never focused on they, always focused on me. How do you yeah. keep the focus on exactly. you and what's next for you? Me focusing on me, like with me, I'm big on energy. I'm big on everything that I got to do. I'm going to focus on everything I got to do. To the left and to the right, I can't control what happens. But I know I can control what happens to me. And like now, like I'm starting my book bag company called The Right Bag. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really dope. Talk to it's, me about um, that. It has a, a USB charging um, import. You can charge your phone. Um, Great it has idea. A, a lock on it. It's anti-theft. It has a lock on it. And it's waterproof. I love that idea. Where can we find yeah, it? Where can we buy it? I'm actually um, getting my website and stuff built up as we um having this interview. Okay. Um, everything should be done, I would say, within the next five days. Um, wow. But it's, yeah, it's dope. I got all my bags and everything is just coming along. That kind of helped me too, like, you know, on the business side, you know, with me not, you know, being NFL, but I'm in a different chapter of my life now. Absolutely. So now I'm taking my same energy. I'm taking my same mentality to the business world. So I can't lose. Right. I love that idea. I love that idea. So this book bag has a USB component. It has an anti-theft component. And what else does it have? It's called the right bag. Is that right? Yeah. The right bag. Okay. It's it's spelled T-H-E with my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T. And we spelled bag D-A-A-G-Z. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love that idea. That's so um, dope. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. And, um, I, I love it. I ain't gonna even lie. Like right now, we're in the low part of it. Where'd you get the um, idea from, Major? And what's crazy is I have a, a whole different creation of a totally different type of book bag that I'm coming out with next. Oh, so you're gonna have a line of book bags. Yes, I'm gonna have a line of book bags, but like my next book bag is gonna be like the book bag to have. And are you going to have uh, what those book bags look like on your Instagram feed and on Twitter? Because you are already Mr. Yeah, Fashion. I'm going to put all that on. It's going to okay. be on all that. It's going to be on everything. Like, I'm going to be rocking it. I'm going to do all that. <laughs> I, I, I have to. Okay. You know, no doubt. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. That's for sure. You say, if it ain't major, it ain't right. That's your, that's your motto. If it ain't major, it ain't right. And I live by that. And tell us, Major, where people can follow you on Twitter, Instagram, so that they can keep abreast of your fashions. They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LilMade21. It's L-I-L-M-A-D-E 21 on Instagram and Twitter. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I want to thank you so much, Major, for taking time out to talk to Pivotal Moment, for talking to me, for connecting with me for the ESPN piece, for the undefeated, and for being an all-around good guy. really appreciate that. Ah, no problem. Thank you, and I wish you so much success (laughs) in your business. Everything that you got going on, I wish you nothing but success. And I know you're going to succeed in it because it's you. Thank you, man. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Like, any type of interviews that you need, I'm a phone call away. Oh, my God. You know Um, I got the number now, so I'm going to be calling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can can lock it in. Yes, sir. You can lock it in. And any interviews that you need and anything that I can help with, Oh, wow. I'm here. I really yep. appreciate that. You are a stand-up guy. That's keep, no problem. keep that going. Thanks so much to today's guest, Major Wright, for joining us and for giving us such incredible insight into the world of football, both on and off the field, and how he became such a dominating force in the game. 
and how he's now going to be such a dominating force in the business world. Shout out to Major Wright. If you missed our premiere episode with actor, comedian, and author Michael Collier, download it today because Collier talks to Pivotal Moment about that moment and the person that helped him beat his 23-year addiction to cocaine. If you haven't already, also listen to our podcast with ESPN Senior Vice President Rob King. He talks to Pivotal Moment about a call during a basketball game that changed his entire outlook on life. Rob King also provides a roadmap. If you're ever interested or have ever been interested in a career in sports or sports media or any role where you really want to stand out for the right reasons, listen to what Rob King has to say. And then also, there's upcoming new episodes of Pivotal Moment. Listen to our talk with Dr. Kelly Richmond Pope. She's the creator and executive producer of All the Queen's Horses, just picked up by Netflix. She tells us how one question opened the door to Netflix and so much more. You do not want to miss our guests. You do not want to miss their stories. These stories, they really just remind us that where we are and where we want to be is within reach. That is the point of Pivotal Moment. That is the focus of Pivotal Moment. That is what we are doing and that is what we are sharing. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and being a part of our movement. I'm your host, Nikita Faustin. We'll talk to you next time.